Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Zach Norris, and today I'm going to be talking with yet another person who I think has a valuable skill set that is useful to everyone out there. Each week, I interview one new person, and we chat about their successful habits and routines, as well as the positive ways they've influenced my life. I chat with people I've met in my life who I think have something valuable to offer to each and every one of you who are listening, and I recognize that everyone has this unique quality about them that makes them shine, and if we take the highlights of each of those we know and we apply them to our own lives, we then begin to exponentially grow as individuals. We learn and adapt so that we can become the best version of who we want to be. So let's get started on this now. Like I said, my name is Zach, and today I've got Aiden Adair with me. Aiden is a cinematographer based out of Colorado, and he's involved in numerous opportunities in the film world. Aiden has actually produced many of another interview guests, TX2 or Evan Thomas's music videos. Aiden certainly has a trained eye for the perfect shot when it comes to doing anything with film, and he is most definitely a rising star in the video production field. Aiden knows how to go the extra mile in whatever he does. He knows how to grab opportunities when he sees them. And if he doesn't see an opportunity, he knows how to create that opportunity so that it's available to him. So I'm going to go ahead and let Aiden introduce himself and uh, tell you a little bit about who he is. So welcome, Aiden. I'm really excited to have you on here. How's it going today? Good. I'm doing wonderful. Awesome. Great. Tell uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Awesome. As you introduced, uh, my name is Aiden Adair. I'm a 17-year-old senior in high school, and my main passions in life uh, obviously fall under video production, but outside of that, I'm extremely passionate about uh, theater, specifically the technical aspect of that, robotics, and for a long time of my life, chess has been very important to me, but I've recently uh, started focusing on just robotics and video production. Um, throughout my life, those programs have been extremely important to me because it's kind of pushed me as a person because they're all competition-based and it pushes me to be the best version of myself so that I can compete against others. Um, throughout those events, I've found success in um, many of them, thankfully. I've actually gone to the World Championships for chess and wow. robotics. I actually won the World Championships for robotics in seventh grade. Awesome. And um, it's been really exciting since then, moving on to higher and higher levels. I also love public speaking. I compete in a lot of different speaking debates, such as Debate Team and FBLA, which is Future Business Leaders of America. It's basically a business event where public speaking is one of them. Um, I recently got first place at the uh, regional district for uh, district competition for impromptu speaking, one of my favorite aspects. And uh, we're now cycling into the robotics competition season, which is coming up soon. And uh, throughout the rest of the school semester, I'm going to focus on my video production um, at my high school before I move on to CU Denver to major in the field. That's fantastic. That is quite the resume, honestly. And uh, I, I'm just curious, tell us a little bit about kind of the, the various film projects you've been involved in. So over the years, I've gotten the opportunity uh, through my high school to work on a bunch of different film um, categories, but recently, my senior year, I've gotten to expand it a lot more. Uh, I've done a lot of narrative film work uh, through my high school, because that's what the class pushes, you know, the typical short film, drama-esque type stuff. However, uh, in this last year, I started working into things that are... um, you know, more monetizable because uh, usually short films you don't get paid for unless you're working through a company, which I'm not. Um, so I've been able to monetize my video passion uh, mostly through commercial work for people. I've made um, several commercials for a local boxing studio. I'm actually, I did another one for a local company called Will Body Woman, and I'm doing another one in the near future with a different fitness studio. 
And uh, I also work at the Budweiser Event Center as a camera operator. So everything that you see on the home TV or on the Jumbotron um, might be from one of my cameras at the Eagles games or the other events that are hosted there. Um, outside of that, um, I do a bunch of personal work. Um, for example, I do a lot of music videos with Evan Thomas or TX2, which you'll hear his, uh, his interview as well later. And uh, I also do personal work at all the school events. So whenever my school hosts a dance or any big event, I go there to record it and then I edit it and put it on YouTube and uh, usually it's pretty well received by the school. That's, that's incredible. When, uh, when did you start to sort of monetize the, the video production deal? I know you said that for a while you weren't doing that, but uh, was that very recent or has that been for a while now? It was relatively recently, um, basically at the end of my junior year, so about maybe eight eight to nine months ago, I started monetizing it. Um, it obviously you know, doesn't pick up instantly because you kind of have to prove yourself in the field and everything is via word of mouth. I got my first job at the boxing studio for commercial work, and from there I was able, um, through his word of mouth, to get more and more opportunities um, for commercial work for the other studios and uh, local companies. Um, from there, I was able to monetize it by, um, from that work that I did, I was able to send that demo to the Budweiser Event Center where I get you know a regular paycheck for the jobs that I do. That's the most steady income for it. And I also work at Front Range Media, which is a local video production studio as an editor. Um, I sent him some of my personal work that I filmed at Fossil, uh, specifically the color dance video. Um, which was just a local dance that my uh, school put on, and I recorded it because I thought it was a bunch of fun. And um, I was able to get hired by them, and I do editing work for them, uh, sometimes from home, sometimes I drive in there. But really, um, Budweiser and Front Range Media are my two main sources of video income, and then my personal freelance work is starting to pick up and hopefully continues. That's great. Uh, how did you... How did you come to grasp all of these opportunities? I know that's something that's very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people have a passion or a skill that they're really, really good at, that they're looking for the opportunity to, uh, to use that skill. But it seems like you have been excellent at capitalizing on that deal. Uh, how did you do that? What is your, I guess, sort of secret or special sauce to that? Yeah, so that's everything in the video world, is connection and opportunity. Uh, my film teacher said very wisely once uh, to make your own luck. For example, when people get opportunities like I have for the Budweiser Event Center, uh, a lot of students will say that it's the luck that is involved. But I, I, I truly believe that luck is just proving your skill over a long time and you wait for that opportunity to meet your skill. People call it luck because usually it comes around in a weird way, but I think you have to have that personal background to build up to even get that chance in the first place. Um, I, some people might disagree with that and say that, you know, there is a factor of chance, but I believe that if you're putting in the hours, things are going to find you eventually. But that's where the big issue comes from for a lot of people is putting in the hours. Um, you know, films aren't going to just jump out at people. You're not just going to be, you know, hand-fed opportunities to make a film, and that's where I think I'm very different from any of my other peers that I've seen is if there's not a video opportunity, then I make one. For example, as I brought it up many times, the color dance, one of my favorite videos that I shot, that wasn't something that was going to be recorded. I knew it was coming up and I wanted to make a video. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go out, I'm going to get a crew and I'm going to do it. And I hired um, three or four people to come film with me, took their footage and edited it myself. 
uh, I consistently try to find areas where I can make a film through programs that aren't just film related. For example, in robotics, I've done a lot of video work and that's not an essential part of robotics. In fact, I am, I created the media team on robotics. I am the one and only member in that crew, but, um, (laughs) through robotics, as well as doing my engineering side of it, I'm able to do my video work that I just you know, create myself. No one's pushing me to make anything. I just try to think of something myself to create. And I found some great success through that. I think the biggest thing that it comes down to is being motivated to make something. In fact, I keep a spreadsheet of all the stuff that I worked on. The average senior at my school, I think it's eight to nine videos that they make an entire year. Right now, I still have another three months of the school year left, and I just made my 91 production. So I have nine left until 100. And (laughs) that's because... On average, I make about two videos a week and um, because I, I try to find something to shoot and I look at that spreadsheet and, man, I noticed that in February I haven't shot a video this week. So I, I went out and I made another video for robotics and it ended up uh, blowing up. I got about 6,000 views on it in three days and just pushing myself to find opportunities to uh, make a video. That is fantastic. I, I think, you know, there's that saying that says that hard work beats talent any day, but... Absolutely. I think even more than that, hard work and talent are just this unstoppable combo. And I think you have both of those. So I think you're going to go really far with that. I'm really excited to see the future of your video production. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, just in regards to that, I know you're talking a little bit about luck, but how you kind of have to create your own luck. What percent luck and what percent hard work do you think would be the optimal combo? Would it be 10%, 90% or... 90%, 10%, what sort of a percentage would you give it? That's a great question. It's really hard to break down sometimes and think about, you know, what am I fortunate to have and what am I working hard to get? I think it's especially um, hard for someone like me where I haven't had to work to pay my own rent. Having a house has just been kind of a given raised in my family. And so, you know, that's another aspect that can go into things like video production that we don't normally think about. If I had to work a nine to five job every day just to have a roof over my head because I was less fortunate, I would have less time to make videos. So I guess in that regard, um, that can only be categorized as luck. None of my work has contributed to my family being fortunate enough to provide me with, you know, the, the essentials like that. However, um, I think beyond just the realm of what do you have to have to, uh, you know, kind of survive and thrive in the world, I think that the ratio, you know, kind of spitballing numbers, I, I would say it's about 80-20 with 80 being your hard work and 20 being your chance events. I think that out in the world, there are plenty of extremely talented people that aren't getting work because, you know, maybe they're just kind of getting a stroke of bad luck. Maybe they're not in an area where they're able to produce a lot. Meanwhile, someone in California or L.A. specifically with less skill is going to get more opportunity just because they're in the right area. I, I think that the number sits at 80 percent for me because I think if someone is truly good at what they're doing and they have the business and entrepreneur skills to advocate for themselves and advertise their skills to others, I think they they will always find success. But that 20%, some people just get an easier path, and that's that's just life. Life isn't fair, but just because life isn't fair doesn't mean we can't build our own pathway to success if we're on the short end of the stick. I love that. I think that's a really good point, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I think it's really important to know if you have some sort of privilege and really accept it. But I also think that like you were saying, everybody has opportunities and it's really just about creating those opportunities 
with the time that you have. Everybody has the same 24 hours. Not everybody has the same situation, but I think you being able to make something out of your 24 hours that you were given is excellent. I think it's great that you were able to take the extra time that you were given with having your parents uh, being able to support you and everything and not having to work that nine to five to, to pay your rent, like you were saying. I think it's great that you're making something out of that time rather than just kind of staying at home and, and doing nothing. You're really pushing towards the career goal that you want to pursue. So I think one thing that's important to touch on between me and my peers is making the time for yourself. I hear a lot of people say that like they're busy on the weekends, so they don't have time to make a film or something like that. And I understand that sometimes life gets in the way, but I think sometimes you just have to take a sacrifice in order to make time for your passion. For example, for the last year and a half, uh, I've been waking up at 4 a.m. every single Saturday and Sunday to work my eight hour shift until 12 at Lamar's. And then I have an extra 10 hours that night to work on video production. And I actually recently uh, quit my job at Lamar's because I couldn't balance that four to 12 with my other activities that were taking place on the weekend. And that's just a sacrifice that you have to make. I'm now sacrificing that income to further my passion with robotics and video production. But I think saying I'm in these circumstances, so therefore I can't do X is usually just BS. I think there's almost always a way that you can formulate your schedule or your activities to fit in with with what you want to truly accomplish. I strongly agree with you on that one. Uh, I mean, when I turned 16, I ended up getting a job and it was fantastic. But, you know, you have to sacrifice that little bit of time that you could be spending time with your friends or playing video games or whatnot. But I took on one job. And then I took on another job and then I took on another job. And so when I was 16, during the summer of my 16th year of being alive, you know, like I, I was still a kid and I had three jobs and I was just spending my time working and there was a huge sacrifice to that. And I didn't have to do that. I grew up uh, much like yourself in a very fortunate family where I was lucky enough to have a roof over my head and most of my expenses paid at that time. But because I really valued hard work and I was trying to develop my skill set more, um, I took on three jobs that really were not necessary to do, but I loved doing. And I think one of my favorite quotes, I actually have it on all of my business cards in the past, uh, is nobody is too busy It's just a matter of priorities. And I think that's something that you really, uh, you can really capitalize on. Um, You have definitely prioritized everything to do the things that you enjoy. And it doesn't seem like you're too busy. You're very productive and you prioritize things very well, but you're not too busy. So I think you follow by that rule very well. So... I think that's something that everybody can learn from from you uh, is that nobody is too busy and you just have to go ahead and plan things out, make sacrifices and do the things you need to do in order to better your career. So I think that's fantastic. I love that. Absolutely. I I hear that a lot from people is, you know, how are you doing all this? Like, are you not too busy? Well, no, it's just a matter of fact of scheduling things out. And when it really comes down to it, you have to make sacrifices. There's absolutely nights where I've taken a zero on the homework the next morning because 
there's a video job that I, I valued more than that. And I'm not saying, you know, don't value school. What I am saying is you need to, you need to figure out what's truly important in your life and what's going to impact you the most and what's going to be most beneficial to you and put those things first. And sometimes it's not always the fun route. You know, I, I, there's definitely nights where I wish I came home at three o'clock and I played games for the rest of the night. But the fact of the matter is every single night from January to the end of February, I come home at nine or 10 o'clock at night because I'm at robotics for the last seven hours. And that's because I value robotics and I know that it's beneficial for my career and the rest of my life. So I sacrifice that other time in order to make room for robotics. So absolutely, I agree with your statement. Prioritize what's important. As far as your values go, I know you touched a little bit on that. What do you value most in life? Kind of a deep question, but... Just that's, a, that's a great question that <laughs> I have been trying to figure out for a very long time. Um, I think until I was about 16 years old, my answer would have immediately been money. You know, gotta 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 value the, the green that gets you whatever you want in life. <laughs> but I think over the last year, I've actually kind of switched that mindset. I think I value um, the experience and. Uh, I feel like friends is a cop-out answer, but um, the experience and the well-being of spending time with others. Uh, don't get me wrong. I am all about the money game. Like, I'm, I'm always trying to find <laughs> ways to, uh, you know, Im- improve my income and find ways to, you know, become successful. Everyone wants to be successful when it comes to that. But I've noticed that I am significantly, I'm significantly more happy if I'm spending my time with people I love, doing things that I love. So I think I have to say the most important thing to me in life is fun because I don't want to look back at my high school years 20 years from now and say man that sucked like why was I why was I working a job that I hated for so long for for some money that maybe for for pay that wasn't that good and like I said there's a balance within that but I've absolutely shifted my mindset towards um friends and recreational activities over just working but you gotta have that balance if you're only doing one or the other you're not gonna have a successful life that's very fair. I, I mean, do you get to do this video production with friends or is this kind of a solo deal? Um, a lot of times it's solo purely for the fact that there's not other people interested in what I'm doing. I'm the only person at my school that likes to do robotics and video production. There's just no overlap. And that's out of 2,000 people. So, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> but... Through my TV classes at Fossil, I created a great friend group that we do um, film film work with a lot. I would say the majority of my film work is more independent or maybe with one or two other people that I'm friends with. Um, But overall, I see it more as an independent thing um, when it comes to the the monetary aspect of my, my filmmaking. More of the fun films, the short films, are with friends. I mean, at that point, it kind of seems like something where you might be able to in the future make money while hanging out with your friends which is kind of a cool position i guess um but i guess you you had said that the short films for now were not really necessarily money makers but do you see yourself in the future absolutely yeah that that's my goal through through cu denver and my video degree is if i can get on sets where whether it's a short film or a documentary whatever it be that's paying the bills when you're working with a crew that closely for you know, 10, 12 hours a day, I feel like you're going to become friends with them. And I, I'm super excited to have that, that work experience where it's not a desk job. It's you're out there in the field doing something fun. Do you think you'll ever get sick of the people being with them 12 hours a day? Uh, you know, honestly, one of my biggest concerns going into college is uh, that the four-year program, you're with the same people for all four years and all your classes. And 
I don't know how big the program is. It's at least several hundred people, but I am concerned what it's going to be like, you know, um, being with the same people over and over. It could be extremely positive, could be extremely negative. I guess it's kind of whatever I make it. So it's my job to find the positive in that. And, you know, I think one of the best things to do about something like that when you're stuck with those people all the time is just branch out, kind of do your own thing, meet your own people who might not be in the same program. And you can always hang out with the people in the program, always, no matter what, because you'll see them probably every day for the next, I don't know, four years. But uh, you can't always see the other people that are outside of the program. So that might be a strategy not to get sick of everybody there, you know? Yeah, you got you to gotta diversify, meet new people, uh, reach out of your comfort zone a little bit. That's one thing I like about video is if there's an event going on, I can go there and film it. And while I'm at that event, it's brand new people I've never met before. So hopefully I can use that to, you know, keep things fresh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what's your favorite video you've ever done? My favorite video, that is a hard one. There's a bunch that I, I really like looking back on. Um, All 91 of them this year? <laughs> All 91 <laughs> of them this year. I think the favorite one that I've worked on was um, probably my color dance video. Um, if there's a way to link that later or whatnot, I, I can do that for you. But, um, I'll absolutely I throw a link for you. Because it, it was an event with zero expectations, zero story. It was just people throwing color at each other with loud music for three hours. And I was able to take that and not only put a story behind the clips, as you, if you watch the video, you'll see there's like a story behind it, but I was also able to sit down and look at it and think, what can I push myself to do creatively in this edit? And I did a bunch of stuff I've never done before, and it turned out beautifully. And I think one of the reasons why it sticks out so much to me is because it was played at a school-wide assembly and seeing 2,000 people stand up and clap and scream for a video that you made because they genuinely loved watching it is a feeling unparalleled by anything else. There are some short films I'm really proud of. We have one that I'm editing right now, which is a beautiful film. It's probably the best thing I've ever worked on, but it doesn't give me the same happiness that the color dance video does when I look back and I remember the impact that I had on other people when I made that. Man, you are in for a treat, I'm assuming, later on in life. Because if you thought that 2,000 people was something crazy and making 2,000 people cheer, I cannot wait until you are reaching an audience of millions. I think that's going to be fantastic and such an awesome experience for you, dude. It's it's the feedback that gets you, that gets me everything at least. I mean, um, like I said on the robotics video in the last week, uh, week or two, um, the two videos I'm going to combine have like about 10 or 11,000 views right now. And that's not a lot compared to many big videos out there. But when I think and I sit down and I realize 10,000 individual people watched this video and it had some sort of impact on them, that's mind-blowing to me. And seeing something that I've created impact someone else is just the best feeling ever. So hopefully when you get to that, that feature film, millions of people watching it, that's the dream. That's great. Um, you know, this is not really necessarily related to, uh, the video production side of things, but, you know, having 10,000 people see a video is fairly, a fairly big deal. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, how did you go ahead and market that? What was your, what was your strategy on that? 
Yeah, so marketing is a huge thing for the video world, as in every business type world. Um, it was actually a little bit easier to market this video compared to others because um, robotics, it's called FRC, First Robotics Competition, it already has a, a big following of high school students, and so it was easier to find um, you know, who I should market it to. The, the biggest way I did it was posting it on, on forums, all the robotics forums. I said, hey, we made this awesome video highlighting our robot, come check it out. And so we already have interest in the robot. But then there's also the people that don't know about robotics or maybe don't care about robotics that I have to figure out how can I interest them. So the way that I tried to market that was um, on, on our website that I created for robotics, I posted it on the homepage of that and I started sending it out to different people and I said, hey, you should check out what this robotics thing is because it's probably not at all what your preconceived notion of it is. And I sent that out to everyone in the school. Um, I got the journalism club at our school to come to the event and highlight that video. And so uh, through that, I was able to get different groups of the school interested in it. And it's, it's awesome to hear people that wouldn't normally be a part of it, like the football team or the debate team, people that have no idea what robotics is, watch it and say, whoa, this is really interesting and they can see the impact that it has on them because besides the engineering behind it, there's the human aspect of why was it designed this way? What's our strategy? And it's some, it's competition and everyone loves a good competition. And so marketing it as almost a sport more than just a feat of engineering um, was the most successful way to get other people in my school interested in robotics. I think it's really interesting in film that you're able to make something turn into a story. You know, you're able to tell a story through the film uh, of something like robotics, which something like uh, something like that I might not know much about, and I really don't know much about, or another viewer might not know much about. But you're able to teach them what it's about, and I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool Absolutely. about robotics or about uh, video production. It's got to be the best part of it for me. In fact, actually, this almost relates back to what's your favorite video you've made. This has to be a very close second place, if not the true first place. Um, there was a video I made last year called 4388 Qualifies for the World Championship, and that, that's our team number um, that we were assigned. And it was a video highlighting our season and showing everything that led up to us qualifying for the World Championship for our first time. And... Keep through that video, even though robotics at its face level is just an engineering feat, we were able to go into the human aspect of it and show why it mattered to every individual. And that video actually got picked up by the Denver Broncos. It was on their homepage for about a week. Wow. And the Denver Broncos paid for our entire trip to Worlds because they were so moved by the video. And so, and you know, that's a football team. Yeah, how that's cool is that? a football team that is sponsoring a robotics team. That's a big football the story team. story you're able to create to the video. Was that when we were good? Uh, that was last year, yeah. Uh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> so, the Broncos were good or not last year. But. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's really cool. Uh, how did you end up reaching them? Uh, was it just word of mouth, or did you reach out to them, or what, what sort of deal did you do for that? So, they have a program called Tackle STEM, where they're trying to get more and more involved in STEM-related activities, which is your science, technology, engineering, and math. And so, we were able to send it to their representative through Tackle STEM, and we said, hey, this falls right under your STEM program. Check it out. And um, so, we, we got that connection through there. And I, the, the rest, this kind of ties back to the luck thing. There's a little bit of luck with who happens to know who. Um, 
one of our mentors on the team has a friend who has a friend, this long change of friend of a friend of a friend, who actually knows the head of First, which is the company that runs robotics. Wow. And the creator of it, the, 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 the guy that started it, Dean Kamen, saw that video and actually replied to us and said, this is exactly what robotics is supposed to be about. Congratulations to your team. Super happy to see how you guys do. And that connection to Dean was just pure stroke of luck. But it comes back to, if that video wasn't good, he's not going to comment on it. A little bit of luck, a little bit of hard work. Yeah, it's got to be good. That's great. And, I mean, there's that rule. I don't know if you've heard of the six degrees of separation uh, or five degrees or something like that. I believe it's six degrees. I wrote an article on it a while back on Dollar Sign University's website. Really, the whole concept of it is that within five degrees or six degrees, it really does matter depending on the person, uh, depending on who you hear it from. You can know or meet anyone in the world. So if I wanted to meet Donald Trump, I'm two connections away from him. If I wanted to meet Obama, also two connections away from him. There's these big, big people that you can connect with. You can connect with anybody. If I want to meet Floyd Mayweather, I'm two connections away from him. But if I wanted to meet maybe the president of South Africa or something like that, who I, there's no chance that I would ever know anyone involved with the president of South Africa. I believe I'm three connections away from him. That's it. You can know anybody in the world through five or six connections. And I think that that's awesome that you were able to capitalize on that and that someone was able to know someone who knew someone to get you into that opportunity. It's a surprisingly small world. Yeah. Yeah. Very small. I mean, with, with technology and everything, it it makes it so easy to connect with anybody you want. You can hop on Facebook, you can stalk someone, you know, like figure out who they are and, and send them an email and or send them a Facebook message or whatnot. And you, you can connect with someone within seconds, which is just so cool and such an opportunity that I think a lot of people miss. Uh, and I would say that surprisingly or unsurprisingly, the older generations are the ones who miss out on those opportunities. And I think that the younger generations like us are the people who are able to connect with people like that. Uh, we're able to open up those opportunities for ourselves because we know how to utilize technology in the most efficient way. Uh, whereas someone who might be 50 or 60 years old, who might not have grown up with a smartphone or anything like that, they might struggle with that. They might not know how to get in touch with someone on Facebook and they might have to physically speak with one of their friends who might know, someone else's friend who knows their kid who whose kid knows how to use Facebook and get in touch with someone across the world you know I think that's something that we as a generation have for an advantage for us absolutely uh, connections come in the in the weirdest spots that you would never expect and I think things like Facebook absolutely help push that um, I think the greatest example that I have for it is uh, Kevin Ross uh, probably an unknown name to many he's the editor of Stranger Things 
which I'm sure everyone knows about. Uh, turns out that he went to my dad's high school. And just wow. through those two connections of my dad to Kevin Ross, uh, he actually came to my high school to, to be a judge for our film festival. That's incredible. And then one connection away from him, his brother, the editor of the movie Dunkirk, who works at Warner Brothers. Two, three connections away, two of the biggest names in editing right now. And wow. it's just because we have things like Facebook, we was able to find him and say, hey, remember me? It's, it's it's insane how much that technology can bring people together. Because without something like Facebook, there's no way I'm finding him, much less talking to him. Yeah. I mean, there's also that, that sort of aspect of you need to talk to them once they come out here. you got to network yourself and really... Uh, you know, market yourself as a product that you are because you are a product. You need to have something interesting about yourself to maintain a connection with these people. But it's so easy to get in touch with these people. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, We are running out of time here, so I'm just going to ask you uh, one final question here just to kind of wrap things up. Uh, We've talked a lot about uh, how you can create, grab opportunities, that sort of deal, as well as putting in the extra work um, and you know not being busy, just kind of a matter of priorities. What is really the single most important thing that you could say out or say to anybody out there who's listening that could benefit their life? Find your ten thousand hours. There is a famous quote saying that it takes 10,000 hours to be a professional at something. If there's something you truly care about and you are willing to put in the time and you hit your 10,000 hours on it, you will find success. I believe that with, without a doubt in my mind. Right now for editing, I have maybe six or 7,000 hours over the last four years and things are already starting to you know, be really successful for me, at least for my age. And with another three or 4,000 more, I know I'm going to find that success. And I think that goes with absolutely anything, any sport, any technology, anything you want to be good at. If you find your 10,000 hours and you prioritize it, you will find success. That's awesome. And just for anybody out there who's wondering about how long 10,000 hours takes to achieve, that is roughly five years at a full-time job in a full work year there are 2080 hours yep. that's if you're 10, working 40 hours, hours a you week you're doing it 24 7 is longer than a year it is a long time yeah it is a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time and a lot of work and it is definitely something where if you have completed that you will definitely be a master in that sort of subject or in that sort of field um that was an awesome uh, piece of advice to everybody i love that um, that is all that I have for today. Is there anything you want to add before we are finished? No, I'm great. This was a, this was a great time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, perfect. I, I hope everybody was able to learn something from Aiden's story. Uh, be sure to check out his videos online. I will leave a link to his videos or at least to his YouTube page. Do you have a YouTube page, Aiden? Yes, I do. Perfect. I will leave uh, a link to your YouTube page. Um, And if you guys enjoyed hearing Aiden's story, please make sure to subscribe to hear more opportunities like this. Uh, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. We'll have someone super interesting on next week as well. Looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody. I do it by myself. Do whatever sells. Fix the boots as well till I lose control and yell. Get my leather jacket. The weather pin in the palette. My boots are zipped and they're shots. And I'm ready to do some bashing. Then I look to my left.